Welcome to the Messenger Podcast. I hope that you will sit back and take a few moments to listen to what the Spirit of the Lord would like to say to you today. He is encouraging us and challenging us to not be afraid, but to be strong in the power of His might. Now, let's go to today's podcast. I welcome you to today's podcast, and I want to say hello to our brothers and sisters in Christ in India and also those of you that are listening in the United States of America. I say hello to California, Illinois, Washington, D.C., Texas, Idaho, and all my other United States precious listeners. I love the fact that God has joined us together by these podcasts where we can grow together in the Lord. And today's podcast is going to have a prophetic word at the end that really kind of developed out of the teaching, and the Lord just began to speak clearly to me kind of put a cap on it. So we're going to go ahead and go into today's podcast. Today's podcast is talking about how much light is needed to push back the darkness on earth. The words help me is the deepest cry of every human heart. It perfectly describes the anguish of the soul, that agony in need to hear God lovingly respond with redemptive help. He answers as the very person and the very place of help through His Son, Jesus Christ, providing help for the helpless, a father to the fatherless, and hope for the hopeless. You know, one of the most amazing things about God, and so very precious to the humble needs of we humans, is that He is actually the very being, the very exact place where we find help. Nothing and no one else is so truly and so really the place and person from whom help comes like he is. Our need for help is more accurately termed rescue when it's expressed in the fullest sense and only Jesus himself can provide it. He rescues us from our daily sneaky and self-gratifying sins And He rescues us from our falling and our faults. And He rescues us from our helplessness and hopelessness. Jesus alone is the place of rescue. He is the ultimate single person of help. And we can find no one else to fill that break in the bridge of life. There is no one else. And when we come to this place, we realize we need no other fixer. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't need one another as brothers and sisters in Christ and as friends, but unless those brothers and sisters and friends are walking in the light and brokenness of the Lord, they really aren't much help anyway. Some people resist and prolong the inevitable and will resist you when you are going through times of struggle and difficulty. There is a certain ugly disdain in an individual who does not want to admit that they are infallible. These individuals still feel that they can control the environment around them through their education, their income, and their attitude. Often, these kinds of individuals can create painful darkness in the lives of others because instead of extending mercy and compassion, they have a lot of advice that comes out of simple textbook reading rather than out of any real experience in dealing with their own darkness and personal places of being stuck in dysfunction. Sad as it may seem, many people applaud their own dysfunctions, claiming that they are actually just fine 
and they will pretty much verbally whack anyone else in the head that dares to challenge them. These are the friends that Job had, and these are not real friends. They will never understand the life of the disciple of dear Jesus, being refined in the fire, in order to come out of that fire more radiant and expressing the hope and light of Christ without a lot of pompous preaching or fanfare. The way to the fulfillment of all of life's highest peaks and deepest longings is in knowing the depths of the love of the Rescuer, Lord Jesus Christ Himself. It's not a quick process, by the way. So how much light does a person need when pressed under by evil pressures, nightmarish reoccurring losses, and disjointed painful relationships? Only a very tiny pinhole of light, if it is the light that comes from God. One pinhole of godly light is stronger than a universe of darkness. It is enough for a surrendered and determined believer to cling to and depend on when all else has failed. Psalm 89.15 says, Blessed are those who have learned to give praise and honor to you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. When we focus upon the light of God's enduring and endearing presence, all darkness will eventually be swallowed up into the light of his fountain of light. His light is victorious over the darkness, all of it. Psalm 36, 9 says, For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. You know, we alone cannot battle the darkness. Our strength is not enough. Accept that and know that God's light comes to dispel darkness. His strength and righteous arm smashes dark deeds, enemies, and deceivers. And he will bring out into the light the things men think that they have hidden or have justified away. Psalm 90 verse 8 says, You spread out our sins before you, our secret sins, and see them all. So what is happening when you feel blind and lost in a darkened season? Well, just as a caterpillar in a cocoon must experience a time of confinement and seeming darkness, there comes a time when it is led out of darkness into light to stretch its newly found wings of liberty and gracefulness to soar and express resurrection power to those who gaze upon its beauty. Few will fully understand the pain of this difficult process unless they too pass through it. Isaiah 42:16 says, Along unfamiliar paths I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. So who are the genuine workers of good and honest deeds? Now there are those who do acts of benevolence and kindness, whose aim is to only gain personal gratification and a sense of power when they stoop to help others in times of distress and sorrow. Oftentimes, folks with this fleshy and condescending behavior, although claiming to have some spiritual godliness, will test those whom they share with. This can be either in monetary gifts, acts of service, spiritual gifts, or in counsel. In basic terms, it's a setup. 
you better perform up to the standard they expect because it's their reputation on the line if you fail. Imagine if Jesus held us all accountable to the acts of his goodness towards us. This is not a worker of righteous or good and honest deeds. This is a form of selfish ambition, entrapment, and control. A righteous deed or act of goodness is done with the intent of imitating the nature of God's mercy and kindness. It does not expect performance or groveling in return. It never holds others over the fire with a critical eye, expecting perfection. Often, we have failed and disrespected His grace. Yet, He continues in love and redemptive acts toward us because He has no insecurities whatsoever. To be righteous or doing what is right in the eyes of God means to be virtuous or moral, good, justice-loving, honorable, honest, respectful, and decent. You know, I have personally experienced in the past and even recently as the past few weeks, overwhelming acts of kindness and patience from those whom I know God must call his workers of honorable and kind deeds. The common thread I see among all of these beloved givers of grace and care is that they have all experienced a time of great loss, deprivation, near death, or sorrow and they understand the need for a pinhole of light, a ray of hope, a beam of light that draws you out of the darkness that attempts to tow you under in despair or fear. I just lost one of my seven brothers. Sudden liver failure and organ failure. He was 63 years old. He was brilliant, funny, and kind. I lost another friend a week later. One moment a successful surgery, Moments later, a clot was formed and a stroke took place. Gone in a moment. She was 62, a giver, an artist, and lover of God. I had a very dear family member that I love turn on me suddenly and share privileged information with others who are not considered safe or wise people. Trust was shattered. All three of these events were and are painful. All three events were and are out of my ability to control. And friends, grief and loss and betrayal are very, very real, and they are very painful events in our lives. Yet God sends us others into our spiral of pain and loss who get it. Because not only have they been through similar events, they learned that hard-won growth can come out of pain and loss or you can choose to grow isolated, insulated, and bitter. Jeremiah 9.24 says, But let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight, declares the Lord. You know, when torment and lying spirits deceive others and they foolishly accuse you, Know that there are others whom God will place in your life that will bring sober and godly counsel as well as loving kindness and help. Proverbs 27.9 says, Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest and honest counsel. Do not stop in your kindness and in your care for others. 
The testing in this hour of the hearts of men and women will only grow more intense as the Lord examines the intentions of the hearts of those who call him Lord. The hoarding of comfort and help can't ever be allowed in the life of a follower of Jesus. Your comfort is not number one. Sometimes we put aside our own needs and comforts and security and forge through the darkness to bring hope and relief to those being battered by a relentless storm. We speak peace to them in the storm. Jesus did it, so he gives us the courage and strength to do the same. If you have personally caused tragedy, destruction, or shame to fall upon any of your family in Christ and have yet to openly apologize and make the situation you were a part of right, know that the risk of a deep darkness of the soul is reserved for those who choose to walk in self-deception and to cloak their denial in passivity. Quickly, while you still have time, humble yourself in the sight and the light of the Lord and He will lift you out of your darkness. Be humble enough to apologize specifically for the harm you have done to someone. Own it, apologize, and ask for their forgiveness. Then light will come again into your soul and so will a flooding peace that cleanses you from shame and the claw of bitterness that demons use to torment and immobilize you with. Philippians 2.3 says, don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Dear believer, there is the open offer of an abundance of joy for workers of righteous and humble and honorable deeds. Psalm 45, 7 says, You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Psalm 33, 1 says, Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It's fitting for the upright to praise him. Now I'm going to share with you a prophetic word from the Lord that does address some of this, but It's the way the Lord wants to speak to us in an active form, in a vocal form, to, I would say, kind of put a seal on this message. The title of this is called, Hold On, Hold Fast, Reach Out. I, the Redeemer of those who cry out to me day and night, compel you to hold on to my hand of faithfulness and light. Keep your eyes on the light I provide for you in the darkness. Hold fast to it, and I will stir the hearts of the righteous and faithful in me to reach out a hand of compassion, and they will obey me with acts of blessing, restoration, and supply. They will do this willingly, for they have tasted of sorrow and know the secret of my abundant joy. They have gone out weeping themselves, sowing seeds when they didn't understand, all now growing up in compassion only to produce a harvest abundant in joy. Psalm 126, 6 says, Those who weep as they walk and plant with sighs will return singing with joy when they bring home the harvest. I, the Lord, have tasted sorrow, loss, torment, and death. Yet, in one redemptive act, mankind was brought the opportunity for the fullness of joy and the open door from darkness into light. When they too choose to call upon my salvation, cleansing, and light. Quickly, 
cleanse your hearts of any act of unkindness, false humility, and the use of a heavy hand over your brothers or sisters or your children. The pinhole of light, my light, is drawing you into a new day. For even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for the gracious and compassionate, and for those in right standing with God. Psalm 112, verse 4. I encourage you to chew on this message. Let the Lord do the work of conviction. The words as the Holy Spirit was sent into the world to what? Convict the world of sin. So let us all bow before the Lord. You know, sometimes I just get on my knees by the side of a chair or a bed as an act of humbling myself before the Lord. And I'm not afraid to admit that sometimes I'll just lay on the floor with my face on a pillow and just get low as if picturing myself at the feet of Jesus and ask him to come with his light and his life and his cleansing power and wash me clean of fear and attitude and weariness and a feeling of being disjointed in this time is a time of feeling displaced with all that is coming at us. And so many people say, well, it's warfare, it's the devil. Well, it is, but here's the thing. This is a different kind of warfare that we are in right now. It's not one that a lot of us have experienced on this level of such um, oppressive pressure. And so I encourage you to ask the Lord to show you just that simple pinhole of light if you can picture yourself in a room with just pure blackness and one tiny pinhole of light comes, you're going to focus just on that pinhole and nothing else. But from that pinhole is enough to see and to know that God is with us. I thank you for listening today. I want to thank Vicki and I would like to thank Lindsay and her family. And I would like to thank Carla and a few others of you who you know who you are. Uh, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the sacrificial offerings that you give. That's the best way of putting it to help me serve the Lord as I do. During COVID, of course, all of my speaking engagements went to zero. And then of course, so many people lost jobs and other supporters were not able to bless and give. I speak love and grace over all of you. And I encourage you to be strong, to be vocal in the things of God, to not be afraid and to keep your heart clean right now. So I bless you, I ask in the name of Jesus, everyone listening today, I ask the Father in heaven to come and brighten your day with the pinhole of light, that he will pull you into the light and that you will stay steady and firm until the breakthrough that you need, the breakout revelation of what you need to do for the next step in your life comes. I say goodbye to you for now and I say be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Thank you.